Hello and welcome to Traeger Method Podcast episode 32. This episode is very special because I do not have a guest. Here's something I'd like to talk about. I was speaking with my brother, Gavin, not long ago. And I asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast or if he would be on the podcast, rather. I know he wouldn't want to, and he doesn't want to. And I get that completely, 100%. I do this podcast, right? And I hardly ever, I'm never comfortable with the fact that I do it. you know. And I'm the one who does it. And I put a lot of work into it. So that's just to give you, you know, I, that's why I'm so understanding of someone who would not want to be on this podcast or any podcast. I get that 100%. I really am surprised that I'm not in that camp as well. So that's where I'm coming from. So anyways, I was mentioning to him that maybe I would like to have a conversation about this game that used to be played by all the kids at our school, Moreland's Elementary School in Kenmore, Washington in the 70s. The game was called Gears. It was a simple game that we played with these um, typically like a resin balls uh, made of like a plastic resin of some kind. Do you know those decorative grapevines that were pretty popular in the 60s and 70s? I think they might have even been probably early 60s when they came out, I would imagine. 50s, maybe, probably not 60s. They were those grapevines that would be like a wooden um, you know, stem and then a bunch of clear plastic gr- or you know, epoxy grapes. It might be green, purple, whatever. Well, it was like the the size of those grapes made of like epoxy, um, yeah, resin poured into a spherical mold. I know some kids made their gears. There were also, um, this would be, this would be a form of marbles. But not, not played with glass marbles played with these larger, you know, they're like, they'd fit you know, in, in a child's hand. It would be, you know, you wouldn't really close your hand around it completely bigger the gear. I mean, they're called gears cause they're like gear shift tops, you know, handles. And then there were steelies, which were steel ball bearings. And those were typically smaller, you know, the size of marbles or a little bigger, but occasionally you'd get a big steely would come in. I remember there was one that was showed up on the playground that was quite large. And if you cracked, it was a no, no problem thing. If you crack somebody's gear with a steely, that's just fair game. We had our own bags for the gears. A lot of kids would, if you can picture a Crown Royal bag, one of those purple crushed velvet bags, that's about the size that a gears bag would be. And kids used those Crown Royal bags for sure. We had a babysitter, Miss Green, 
who we, you know, spent, we came home from school to her house after this was when I was in elementary school, our parents were divorced. Mom lived in Tacoma or South Seattle. We were going to elementary school, living at dad's house. He was at work as a teacher or school administrator himself in public schools. So we'd come home from school and go to Mrs. Green's house or Mrs. Moran, who was across the street from her. But uh, Mrs. Green was a stay-at-home person, took care of the kids, and uh, and she was you know handy with a sewing machine. So she made us these gear bags, customized with our names embroidered, and I remember it being just a simple font. I remember I had a green one. It was just a green cloth bag with a a string at the top, you know, that would pull tight, like a crown royal bag. And you'd, you know, fill, I don't know how many gears would fit in it at a time, depending on the size of them. They were typically that kind of two inches wide kind of size. Be a little bit bigger ones, sometimes a little bit smaller ones, but then, you know, you can maybe hold 10 of them in there in the sack, the gear sack. And you'd carry your, your gears up there. I don't remember it being seasonal. This was in the Pacific Northwest. So, I mean, I'm sure this is more of a spring and fall type activity than when it's pouring rain and muddy. But the way the game itself worked was you would make a, it was, you could play for keeps or keepsies or just for fun. And essentially, it was a, um, like, you'd set how many, okay, no, okay, let me say. So what you do is you'd set how many hits it would take to win. It, let's say you were playing for keepsies, you would, you would set a number of um, hits. You know, if, if I get 10 hits on you, then I get to keep your gear. And then there were nicks, which was, you know, just what it sounds like, a a slight hit. And I don't know who was judging this, what was a full-on hit and what was a nick. But I believe it was a thing where like a nick would get you half of a hit. So two nicks equals a hit. I think something like that. So then you'd you'd set out, and sometimes it'd be a great contest. It'd be like 30 hits, which can take so long because you're trying to, you know, chase the other gear around a, if I'm, you know, memory serves me, it was a big playground. That's part of what probably made this possible. If I remember correctly, there was schoolyard behind, directly behind the school, which was kind of a gravelly type, not gravel, but you know, that kind of very, very coarse sand, orangish, white, brown, kind of pebble-like and then there was what well, was an area of baseball diamonds. Then there was an area of a big open green field, and and that field was surrounded on all edges by a tree line. So, um, and this taking you know this is a suburban kind of area. It's a large footprint. I think most of that lawn is filled with mobile units now. Back then we had a large playfield, which also lent itself to the development of this game. 
which is something I want to just mention. This is not a game I've ever heard of played at other schools. I don't know if this was strictly a thing passed down at Moreland's Elementary School or if it spread to other schools. I don't know when it began, when it ended. These are all things I would love to figure out. I mean, could this be a documentary film? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> I don't think so. But it's um it's interesting to think. I mean, I wonder how many other schools had something equivalent to this. That that could be interesting. Of incredibly regional thing. And of course, this is pre-internet too. Like I don't think things like this can can exist in vacuums anymore. I mean, if there was any school developing some game now, all schools would know through TikTok, right? And also, God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry about that. I mean, I'm just going to apologize straight up. Like, that should not have happened. And for God's sake, I definitely should have taken that out. Like, like just... hit pause, edited that out. Why would I leave that in? You know, it's trying way too hard to be punk. Like way too hard. I'm 53 years old. And that's what I put on a podcast. Like, how can I justify that? I can't. And I won't. So, Gears. I think I'm finding my style. I think that's my style is to leave in disgusting burps. Like just as a trademark, like (laughs) that's like the worst possible trademark you could have for your podcast. A lesser a lesser podcast host would, would make that happen. I'd be like, I'm going to burp all the time on purpose and make a big deal about it. That would be just, no. That's not me. That's not this podcast. That's enough of that. No more burps. I apologize for the last one. I really do. So you'd, you'd play across the field. You know, I remember, like I said, there'd be, you know, it could be 10 hits, Nick's, whatever and and you'd follow and if and and it basically came down to you know the quality of the gears like were they worth it was it worth it to to go up against another gear um you know the chance of losing yours for that one sometimes i remember ones would hit the uh the playground that were you know made by somebody's older brother or something and they'd be these customized ones. like i remember there was one that was clear epoxy and it had blood in it, a cloud of brown, reddish blood. I remember very specifically there was one that had a bullet in it. I mean, how 1970s is that? I should say a cartridge, a bullet, and its casing, unfired, encased in plastic that you hit with steel balls at an elementary school. How 1970s is that? That would not fly today. I also remember that the bullet was not was not well sealed. It was just kind of floating inside of it. It was kind of cracked around it in the center of the sphere. There was one, I remember. I think maybe the first time I ever heard the word psychedelic 
was in reference to a gear. This kid pulled out a gear and it had um, waves of color going through it, purples and oranges, I remember. I asked him what colors they were and he said it's psychedelic. The mix of colors is psychedelic. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Psychedelic. I associated the word with gears early on. Tell him to make me a psychedelic one. All the kids wanted psychedelic gears. Remember the... And I don't recall like any fights or, or major arguments. I do remember losing a good gear and feeling very dejected. And I remember winning gears and feeling great. It's just like anything else. You know, there's ups and downs in the world of gears. I don't have a lot more about gears than that. I can't really think of any other gear stories. I just, and that's why it'd be nice to talk with my brother and maybe he'll talk about this with me. If I can get somebody else from that elementary school, that might be a project. I'm not on Facebook. You know, I'm on Instagram, of course, but Facebook specifically of their products I do not engage in. I can't imagine how much that would hurt me to look at Facebook. So I don't do it. Um, But, you know, that's where you find people like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Reaching out to elementary school kids, that's a risky thing to do now. (laughs) Because it's like, yeah. I just can't even imagine doing that. I don't think I would. You know, if I was a different person, this would be something I would pursue. I'd probably do a Gears podcast. The Gears years. Let's talk Gears. Maybe some sociologist would want to take this. Or was that what the sociologist would do, I suppose? I don't know exactly what that is, um, honestly. Study of people and organ- communities and relations between people. That's probably what a sociologist is, I would imagine. Let them tackle that folk historian. It's a folk game. And how old-fashioned. That's basically in the realm of like spinning the wheel, like the bike wheel with a stick while you run beside it, or the hoop. Yeah, I guess it was a hoop. You'd run beside it with a stick, keep the hoop rolling next to you as you ran in bare feet probably down a country road covered in rocks and roots and dirt. Or down some cobblestones, barefoot. Hitting a hoop with a stick to keep it going. That's mar. I mean, Gears is much closer to that than it is to playing The Legend of Zelda's latest release. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's real close. Our elementary school was a good one, I think. I have good memories of it, which is a good sign. We had a play area with swings and things to climb on. There was a rocket that was like a two-story tall rocket ship made of iron bars and had a slide coming down from the top the second story of it, very high for for something that little kids are playing on. They ended up taking it out because a kid fell off the top of it 
out of the second story and landed on the ground, broke his arm. And of course, if you landed, there was no rubber, you know, that stuff that's made of tires. It's like that rubber mat that kids fall on now. No, you fell straight in those pebbles and get embedded in your arm, in your elbow. 70s. No helmets. One of those weird, really just personal memories that I have, very specific just to my kind of inner story, is this memory I have that I I pictured. This is when I was a little child. I pictured finding a computer in the woods at the back of the field attached to the elementary school. I just had this fantasy that I would find this very 70s style. It was like a white plastic thing on a stand with a almost a face-like screen with blinking lights and various, like, you know, rectangles of light on a dark screen just bouncing around randomly like as it did calculations. That was what I pictured. Very 70s looking. And I picture just finding it there in the rain. It was warm and it it would give me information. This is a fantasy I had as a little child in like 1976, you know, like at Moreland's Elementary School. I've often thought about that. It's one of those weird memories that I don't even know its origin. If that was, you know, it's just, it's, it's a memory of a fantasy too. You know, this isn't a thing I saw or I found. Maybe it was a dream that I remembered as being just a daydream. Who knows? Who cares? It's a memory of a memory. You know, when you, I've read somewhere something to the effect that like when you remember something, you're remembering the last time you remembered it. So it's like memories are these endless games of telephone played across time. And that's it for the Traeger Method Podcast, episode 32. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. We'll see you again next week, or I'll have an interesting conversation that'll probably have something to do with punk rock. Until then, be well.